0: Money FM eighty nine point three, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM eighty nine point three. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View Wrap on Money FM eighty nine point three. Our Market View Wrap of the week as well as the Wrap of the month. I'm Clarissa Montero in the studio with finance presenter JP Ong, who looks like something the cat dragged in, and on the phone. <laughs> I just <laughs> didn't comb. Know.
1: That's only. <laughs>
0: And on the phone, we are joined by Jeff Howie, market strategist from the SGX. Now, this is becoming a recurring theme, gentlemen. Last Friday, I said it was an eventful week. Today, I can say exactly the same thing about the week we've had because it has been eventful. Right now, the SDI is down 0.2% to 3,069 points. Yesterday, we had a nice shade of green for most of the day. I'm not entirely sure we're going to see that shade of green today.
1: And that odd, even pattern continues, mm. right? Where you see Monday, Wednesday, for alternating days between losses and gains so far. And we are seeing this race times index in the red, but you're right. But uh, loss isn't really not that pronounced. We're just seeing them take a seven point step back, 0.2% of the red, as you mentioned, to 3,069 value turnover, fairly average, I'd say, about 644 million Singapore dollars in total trades changing hands. And uh, you are seeing more losers than gainers today across the broader mainboard and catalysts, but yet not by much, about 198 stocks REITs and trusts that are in the red and about 182 that are in the green. So those, so the margins are the, uh, not that wide, actually, and not overwhelmingly favoring big sell-off today. But markets are definitely cautious, not just here, but also across the rest of the region, perhaps reacting also to the Federal Reserve's recent um, um, policy decision, where they did affirm that uh, tapering could begin soon, but that they are going to do it in a very careful fashion. We have seen um, the projections, at least for rate hikes in the U.S., start to move or start to be pulled a little bit closer, Based on how the uh, bo- members of the FOMC voted, we also have those continuing issues about potential contagion from China Evergrande on the mainland. The indebted property developer that's over 300 billion U.S. dollars in total liabilities, more than half of them classified as current. And there are some question marks about whether they will make payments on a dollar-denominated or offshore dollar bond interest that uh, was due yesterday. They, there was no mention as to whether or not they were going to meet that. They did uh, commit to, uh, to meeting the, their domestic bond obligations that were due on Thursday. But again, there's still a lot of question marks on uh, China Evergrande. There's reports now that their new energy vehicle or their electric car unit, um, a lot of their employees actually did not get paid recently, just also highlighting potential woes. Um, Despite all of this, though, and despite the fact that we did see U.S. uh, Treasury yields actually gain in a sign perhaps of potential risk-off sense of it, markets uh, are trading fairly mixed and reacting to this in a fairly mixed fashion. In fact, you're seeing the Nikkei 225 today in Japan shrugging this off. The Japanese Benchmark today, or the Tokyo benchmark, jumping two percent higher now at 30,245 points. And while we are seeing that the South Korean KOSPI is in the red again, like the STI, it's not by much. The South the Seoul benchmark in South Korea only trading about four points lower at 3,123 points. The Taiex in Taipei also looking fairly good today. They're up by about 0.9 percent to 17,234. While the ASX 200 is in the red, but again, only down by about 26 points. It's not a huge loss. Just a moderate one. Some may argue, uh, sliding to 7,344 out in Sydney, Australia. Um, mainland Chinese markets, uh, for the most part, are mixed today. Shanghai seeing meager losses today. The Shanghai Composite just trading eight points lower at 3,634. The Shenzhen Bourse all holding on to gains of about half a percent, or 75 points, inching up to 14,462. Meanwhile, we are seeing that the Hang Seng today, again, also in the red, but really not by much. We're just seeing a slight uh, step back for the Hang Seng today. Uh, just uh, trading about 25 points, 26 points lower, 24,485. So these are very cautious and measured losses we're seeing for some of these markets and also rather um, subdued and uh, modest gains for the most part. It's a mixed uh, reaction, at least, and a mixed ending to the week. And again, just bringing things back to the STI, losses, are we are in the red. But again, the shade of red, really not that pronounced. Nobody's really bleeding. This might be more akin to really to a paper cut rather than a full-fledged wound.
0: You know, the story of the three banks today. Day is probably an allegory. We've got one bank in the green, we've got one bank flat, and one <laughs> bank in the red. It's a,
1: it's a mixed bag of lenders, I see.
0: <laughs> we bring Jeff Howie, market strategist from the SGX, into the conversation. Go ahead, Jeff, give us the wrap of the week and the month.
2: So far the month, the SDI has gained 6 tenths of a percent for the September month, and I guess that's similar to the very marginal gains of the region. The FTSE APAC index is up just one-tenth of a percent, and interesting that globally, energy stocks, airline stocks, healthcare products and services, semiconductors, manufacturing stocks, i.e. those companies that are able to remain uh, operational, fully operational amid the COVID constraints, They were among the stronger global performing industries from the end of August through to yesterday. And then you've got the hospitality, pharmaceuticals, basic materials, internet stocks and REITs among the least performing industries. Now, the performance differential on the gains in energy stocks to the declines in the basic materials, that's really been on the back of what's happened this month in terms of Brent crude oil and energy prices gaining while the metal prices globally have declined. So interesting the mixed bag, as you said, with the banks, we've seen it uh, in, within certain global industries as well this, this this month. And then, I guess, the stronger performers in Singapore this week, they included Capital Land Investments. That stock uh, debuted, uh, I remember, at $2.95 per share on Monday. It's made a low of $2.90 and a high of 3 dollars and 51 cents today and i think that low was on the on the tuesday interesting that the stocks average daily trading turnover over the first four sessions of the week was very close to 100 million sing dollars and that was markedly higher than capital land's average daily trading turnover this year at $37 million before it went off the ball on the 9th of September, and then it was at $33 million last year. So we've seen this week institutions net buyers of the stock over the four sessions, while retail investors have been net sellers. And that's possibly on the back of by, by yesterday that the stock had closed some 20% above that share price that was used to determine the shareholders' pro rata entitlements under that restructuring scheme. I should also point out to the listeners, please remember that, the cli counter it also trades for a new stock code now so it's not the old capital land stock code it's now mm. 9ci um should also point out interesting because you, you asked in the context of the month claressa that olam uh which is now the top stock on the sti reserve list um sat sia engineering and singapore airlines have led our broader FTSE st or share index this week and that's Really, on the performance of global airlines since last Friday, that and that it's 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 the move this week that has actually put airlines among the stronger global global industries this month. So, but by lunch, uh, so for the first four and a half sessions this week, we had Sats up four point six percent at four dollars and twelve cents. SIA Engineering. Was up 4.4% at $2.13. Singapore Airlines was also up 4.1% at $5.03. For the flows, Singtel has really dominated the net institutional inflows over the past five sessions. It's seen close to 120 million of net institutional inflows. And I think um, just going to, even to more recently, just uh, as of today, um, as JP pointed out, the, the US 10 year yields had a little bit of a, a, a jolt upwards. Yesterday, or last night, I should say, they jumped from 1.30% up to around 1.44% at present. So this is an interesting one because the the 10-year yields do have that impact on the banks and the type of inverse impact on the REITs, if you will. So. If you can remember, uh, at, the end of the, at the end of May, we had U.S. 10-year yields um, up near 1.6%, and they came off to as low as 1.3% uh, mid this week. Now, while those yields moved down from 1.6 to 1.3, we saw global banks down 5% on the back of the flattened yield curve, which basically makes it tougher for um, banks to short and lend long, mm-hmm. and then on the other side, the global <coughs> REITs were up six percent, so that was as much as an eleven percent performance differential and the REITs are up six were, were up six percent from the end of May through to mid this week on the increased premium of the SREIT, well, of the reIT yields I should say global reIT yields at four percent s rate yields up around five and a half percent, but it was it was um, the REITs gaining six percent on the increased premium of reIT yields to ten year yields, um, which as we said dropped from 1.6 at the end of May to 1.3. But I guess like much of the world, the China economy has also been decelerating this month as well, as well as pretty much since the since the mid-year mark. The next economic check for China is ahead on the Thursday 30th of September with the QISIN PMIs for September. But uh, much focus has also been on expectations for I guess, China Evergrande's road ahead, um, and they've been varied, given, uh, as we know, the social toll that real estate defaults carry, that clear uh, mandate of the policymakers to rein in the debt of China developers, and the potential impacts to counterparties and adjacent industries, obviously. So that uncertainty, coupled with that decelerating growth that we've seen in China since the end of June, have seen the China real estate stocks, the broader indices on the move, really, particularly over the last two weeks and even longer over the last 12 weeks or so. So our FTSE ST China index um, has declined 3.7% in the month to date, alongside the HSCEI, the H share index, losing 4.5%. And as we said, the STI, by comparison, this month is up 0.6%. Um, I should also point out China Everbright Water, Hutchport Holdings Trust have been the strongest stocks of the index um, the, the, uh, of this month, but uh, Place Holdings, yangtze uh, Shipbuilding, Tianjin and Pharmaceutical, those latter two stocks, possibly seeing some uh, rotation after comparatively stronger moves this year. And then Jardine Matheson and Yanlord were among the bigger decliners of the index.
0: You know, the, the, for the last few weeks, one of the things that was affecting sentiment was the uncertainty—two uncertainties: China yep. and the uncertainty of what the Fed in the U.S. would do. Now, some of that uncertainty kind of got assuaged mid-week, hmm. moving into
2: next. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> <clears throat> word for the week, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, that's that's the perfect word for it because <laughs> because uh, the, the the narrative from the in the Fed press conference. The, the slight pickup in the dot plot for the rate hikes uh, next year, that was exactly in line with, well, I guess, what the market was hoping for in, mm-hmm. the, in terms of that consistency. And we know, as we always come towards year ends, consistency – and delivering messages that have been uh, indicated or signalled that would be indicated and actually delivering them is super important. We saw it last year with the vaccine developments, remember. Mm. Uh, there, was all, there was all the expectations that we'd get these um, vaccines at a certain date and time. That happened and the market uh, took that in its stride.
0: Yeah, but usually when that happens, you've actually got a few more days or weeks of those good vibrations, we we had a day, Jeff.
2: Yeah, yeah. That, well, that's right. And as you can see, there's a lot of differentiation in performances now in stocks. A lot more drivers. Obviously, uh, COVID-19 constrained growth is the overarching driver, but we're also seeing certain industries, uh, certain specific stocks. Uh, you know in Singapore, we're seeing the restructuring uh, and the strategic acquisitions continue at a strong pace, which also gives uh, investors reasons to have a, have a look at stocks and watch them. So there's, there's, there's much happening, um, obviously on the growth front, too, obviously on, on, on a number of the economic numbers that are coming through. And the policies also make a difference in the way uh, countries are dealing with Um, Mm COVID-19. That makes a big difference and that can change on a week-to-week basis as well.
1: You know, Jeff, one of the big questions we've been asking a lot of uh, fund managers and strategists over the last couple of weeks, uh, two weeks actually, is if uh, the worst happens with China Evergrande, we're not wishing that on the property developer. The big question is, is there a potential for contagion across the region? We've seen it impact, for instance, suppliers of China Evergrande in Japan. um, Commodity prices out, Uh, and commodity-linked stocks out in Australia, for instance. And there have been uh, some uh, uh, murmurs about potential exposure for Singapore markets. We did highlight there are some linkages between our economy and China as well. Share with us your thoughts. What do you think, uh, I mean, how insulated or how exposed might we be to the worst if it does get to that? And we're not hoping for that, by the way. But if it does, um, how bad could it actually impact a Singapore market sentiment?
2: Well, look at China Evergrande, I guess, its business um, and what it's paying for. Uh, Its average interest rates on its borrowing now is around 9% per annum. Mm -hmm. And its borrowings, I think its borrowings, it had, what is it, 240 billion renminbi or around 42% of its total borrowings are due within a 12-month period from the 30th of June 2021 Mm -hmm. through to 2022. Now... It all depends how it's handled. You know, this company is a listed company. It's been listed for two, since 2009. Its three major debt ratio indicators haven't. I guess they've continued to um, to weaken somewhat since 2012. And and so so even last year, I remember. Um, I think when it, when I I remember reading in the BT almost a year ago mm-hmm. how much uh, focus was on the stock in, in terms of its increased debt and net gearing um, in addition to its cash flow concerns a year ago, reading about it in, in the Business Times here. And that's um, and since then, obviously, it's still ranked as... What was it? Ranked 122 in the Fortune Global 500 ranking. So um, there, there's been a lot of signs there for investors to... Um, to follow the stock and follow the developments. At the same time, it does publish an annual report because it is listed in Hong Kong. And in that annual report, you can obviously see where the direct exposures are to start with. Uh, None of our Singapore banks show up as principal bankers in in that 2020 Evergrande annual report. Um, So direct exposure is likely to be small. And also, um, then you look at, I guess, for the contagion impact, you look for those adjacent industries, the finance, the industrials, and see who has the exposure... Uh, to Greater China um, and how much exposure and so forth. And mm-hmm. then there might be uh, a competitive element that comes in there as well in terms of China still needs to construct and, 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 and pursue its real estate development plan um, and, there, and there might be uh, opportunities at the same time. But mm-hmm. I should just say that in terms of our banks, um, they, they do uh, move around a, quite a bit. They make up 40% of the STI. Um, DBS and OCBC maintain more net revenue exposure to greater China than UOB and more loan exposure to mainland China than UOB. Okay, so it did kind of see a little bit of marginal outperformance of UOB over the latter two two banks. I don't know if it saw it or just coincided with it. Um, So if you go back to that, China Evergrande announcement back on 14-sep, um, those eight sessions, uh, they saw UOB gain three tenths of a percent, while DBS declined two percent, and OCBC declined one percent. But as we said, as, as the research analyst said this week as well, Singapore banks, they don't comment on specific exposure, but none of those banks show up as principal bankers in the Evergrande annual report, etc.
0: All right. Now, moving forward, what are we looking forward to, to next week and next month?
2: Well, okay, I mean, next week it's it's industrial production in Singapore, okay. So uh, remember in July. We saw the month-on-month number decline by right, around 2.5% month-on-month, but was up 16% year-on-year. We're expecting less growth on a year-on-year basis because of the basing effect, so we expect industrial production on the 24th. What, today? <laughs> <laughs> on the 24th. It's Welcome out. It's Friday, out. What, what is it? What's the number?
0: <laughs> Let's,
1: give me a second, Jeff. Let me just pull that up, actually. Before <laughs> I think they just released it like a while man back. Man, that came up. Okay. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, one important thing, too, payrolls is usually the first Friday of the month, but it won't be... Um, next Friday will be the Friday after the 8th of October for
1: U.S. payrolls, okay? You've got Singapore industrial production coming out uh, just above, above a couple of minutes, ago, 20 minutes ago, uh, 30 minutes yes. ago, Jeff, uh, about 11.2% wow. up on a year-on-year basis. That's better than what economists surveyed by Dow Jones and Reuters were expecting. They're only expecting 18.8%. It is a deceleration, though, or a slightly slower pace than July's, but August uh, industrial production is still month on healthy. on month. Month month's out. great. Yeah, five point seven percent up as compared to the month of July. Yeah, but uh, I, I I might uh, I'll have to agree with you on that one, Jeff.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So hmm. so, uh, industrial production in Singapore grew almost six percent uh, from the July. Levels, which is which is uh, better than expected.
1: I think moving forward, we, uh, uh, we are as we head into the new month, it's going to be a PMI day, uh, mm-hmm. PMI yeah. theme as well towards the tail end. We've got China's PMI numbers coming out on, on Thursday, the Taishin numbers coming on Friday, and also on Friday we're going to get pretty much everybody's uh, industrial uh, uh, PMI readings for the most part. The eurozone is going to be releasing Japan, South Korea, and I believe the ISM in the United States as well. Oh, and also at the end, I believe on the on the Thursday we're go- we might get the U.S. the US's latest GDP numbers, which might be interesting to really parse through to see if there's any signs of a potential slowdown because of the slow uptick, at least in the Delta variant out in the United States.
0: All right. So that's our next week and the coming month of October. I can't believe that we're so close to the end of the year.
1: We're almost close to Halloween, guys. Okay. <laughs>
0: Halloween is not exactly what I look forward to. It is the world season. En- there's,
1: hor- there's, there's, <laughs> there's enough horror stories in your, your household.
0: Indeed. And on that note, this has been Market View Wrap. I'm Clarissa Montero uh, in the studio with Finance Presents JP Ong and on the phone with Market Strategist from the SDX, Jeff Howie. Gentlemen, have a fantastic weekend. You are on Money FM 89.3. Before
1: acting on the information on Money FM, Please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.